and okay. We are officially checking levels. Good, good, good. Looks good. Sounds good. Welcome in, everybody. How are you, my podcast fam? How you doing? Hanging in there, yeah? Hanging in there, are we? Tonight, I'm coming to you live from my bed. That's right, every room is taken in the house. Mother-in-law is visiting from Fargo. So I have locked myself in the bedroom where they think I'm doing something naughty in here. But that's not the case. Just some good old-fashioned podcasting. Let me jog your memory for a little bit. Do you remember back in the day when every family had a little something out just in case guests came over? It seemed like every family had some refreshment just in case some guests popped in. Well, the Rosenbergs had a wooden bowl, a big wooden bowl, filled with walnuts and a metal cracker so you can crack open the walnuts. My only question is, um, who the fuck would want that? Who the fuck? I'm sorry. You might not be in the mood for that level of profanity to start the show, but I need to ask you one more time. And you could turn it down if that's a little too much for you, but who the fuck would want that? Walnuts in a brown wooden bowl with a metal cracker? You know what I remember? Nobody wanted it. Nobody wanted that. But we always seem to have banana bread as well. And the banana bread was good because it didn't have walnuts. If you're somebody that enjoys your baked goods with walnuts in it, then I think now's a good time to find another podcast. It's the end of the road. We're not a match. You could find another show. You could find another broadcaster. They're probably more up your alley, but this is a show that will not stand for walnuts in your baked goods. Think about it for a moment. And I sound judgmental. I get that. But a brownie might be the greatest thing ever. And a brownie with walnuts is not even edible. It's almost a joke of a pairing. You could take something wonderful that's universally loved, like lasagna. Lasagna. You rarely meet somebody that dislikes lasagna. That cheesy, noodly, tomato saucy goodness. But what if you went to somebody's house one night and they're like, we're doing our homemade lasagna, and they served it, and it just had cantaloupe on top. You're like, what the, what the, what the, what the, what was this? Melon? Cantaloupe? And they convinced you. It's fine. It's good. It's actually really good. Cantaloupe on lasagna. It's the people that like pineapple on their pizza. These people. They always get out in front of it. They promote it. Oh, you'll love it. It's a great pairing. No, it's not. No, it's not. Is this show really about walnuts? Probably. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like it is just about walnuts. We had good banana bread and a bowl of walnuts. What did you have at your home in the 80s? We also had a closet full of dysfunction and an old trunk full of stress. Hey, welcome in. Speaking of stress, stress just shows up, right? It just shows up. Sometimes you don't even know you're that stressed until you just screw something up. You put the cheddar cheese in the cupboard. It belongs in the fridge. Where's your mind? I guess I'm a little stressed. little stressed. Oh, you didn't screw the nipple on the baby bottle? And when you went to pour it, just all over the baby's neck, the nipple fell off. You didn't screw it on tight? Okay, that's some stress, right? 
You got your jeans pocket caught on the handle of the drawer in your kitchen and you couldn't unhook it? So you just sat there screaming and eventually took your pants off and you're just in your kitchen whining about the handles on your drawers? Don't we all have something in our house where we just hate how it was designed? The handles on our drawers are at the exact length to hook into my jeans pockets and either rip them or just slow me down. And sometimes I can unhook it. If I'm not stressed, I just take my pants right back. But sometimes, well, when the handle of a kitchen drawer hooks my pants too much, I get a little bit irritated. And then I go, oh, I must be stressed right now. Okay, those are the telltale signs. Are you stressed? Like when you can't do a zipper. Usually that's fine, right? But when you really get stressed out, you can't do the most mundane routine task. That's the telltale sign. I can't get the lid off the Ardville. I can't get the lid off the Ardville. I can't align the arrows. I can't get the lid off the children's Tylenol. I know it says push and spin, but am I spinning the wrong way? Actually, I can't do a lot of shit. I'll just be honest. I am the third kid in this house that just brings things to my wife. Can you do this? Can you do this? Can you do this? She's a saint, I tell you. January has to be the worst month for stress. I don't even know why. I just feel it. I text my friends, hey, how are you? And most of my friends reply, absolutely shitty. How are you? I go, yeah, yeah, kind of the same. It's just the perfect storm. Oh, January, you sick bastard. Get away from me. There's nothing in January. There's nothing in this month. Actually, there's the anniversary of my dog's passing. It's been a year. Muggsy passed away one year ago. Crossed the rainbow bridge into doggy heaven. So that now becomes a holiday in our house. I bought a Yurtzeit candle. For the non-Jews listening, that's a candle that you light on the anniversary of a death to honor the souls of those who have passed. Lit a Yurtzeit candle. And by the way, that's a tradition you could steal if you're not Jewish. You could go to the ethnic aisle at a grocery store. You know the ethnic aisle? Right between canned goods and seltzers? Go through the ethnic aisle. It's really just Jewish stuff, some Asian stuff, and I think some Mexican stuff. But the Jewish stuff, that's for the Jews or even other people that might want the gefilte fish year-round? Who are these maniacs that might want the matzo ball soup mix year-round? That might want the walnuts for their charoset year-round? Jews have so many foods that we only eat once a year. My roar with the horseradish, but the Yurtzeit candles right there. They have a nice warm glow to them. They stay lit for 24 hours. So you could feel the presence of a dead relative, in this case, Muggsy. So I lit the Yurtzeit candle for him, and I put a photo of him, and we watched a slideshow of all of his video clips over the years. And I think it's very weird to admit, I didn't experience much sadness. I thought I would. I thought I would cry. These eyes are dormant. I don't cry. And I don't say that to sound tough. I say that because I think I'm damaged. What kind of human doesn't cry? I think I've cried two to three times in the last 20 years. That ain't right. But let's break it down. I couldn't be more satisfied with that relationship. That was a successful relationship. Man and dog. It's the classic man's best friend. He wasn't hit by a car. He didn't have a tragic ending. A successful friendship. So the sadness has mysteriously gone away. 
I almost wanted to feel sadder. Lit the candle, put up a picture. And I was like, here it comes. Here it comes. It didn't come. Maybe I was stressed. Maybe I was preoccupied. But you can't control your emotions. You can't do it. The memory of Muggsy, it's just going to be a source of joy. It's not going to cause me to go, oh, man, that beagle meant the world to me. You don't have to worry right now. It's not going to get awkward. I'm not going to cry on the podcast. You want me to, though, don't you, Muggsy? Oh, boy. Muggsy, uh, <laughs> when he would shed, oh, boy, when he would shed on my black sweatshirt, I ain't doing it. But I'll answer your next question. This is a press conference, I assume. Everyone has a question, right? Josh, 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 when, when, when do you think you're going to be ready for another dog? And I think three years. And I know, I know I should just adopt a rescue dog, go to the Humane Society, find a mutt, feel good about myself. But I kind of want a Newfoundland. Google it right now. A Newfoundland. We have a neighbor who has two Newfoundlands. Holy shit. That might be the best looking animal of all time. I don't even think it's comparable to other canines. A Newfoundland has a face of a gorilla, has Gene Simmons hair, has Rick James charisma, a trail of drool everywhere, a nonchalant approach to a walk, just big balls clanking around in that black fur. Come on, Newfoundland. I'll take three. I'm not even kidding. I mean, they're probably $3,000 each and have a lifespan of five to seven years, but really, that's what I need. I need statement dogs. Is that how insecure I am? I need statement dogs. I want all the neighbors gathering around. What are their names? How much do they weigh? What do they eat? Actually, forget that. I'm not yearning for a pup. You are. You do. Who's watching Jeopardy? Okay? I don't mean to hit the e-brake on the show, but who's watching Jeopardy the last 39 episodes. Okay? We're talking about Amy Schneider. Amy Schneider is dominating Jeopardy. Until tonight. I don't know what happened tonight. She got bounced. But she set the record. Won over a million dollars on Jeopardy? How do you even do that? She's a transgender contestant from Oakland. And Ken Jennings is the host. Superstar Ken Jennings is the host. And we're talking about game show history. The matches, are they called matches? Jeopardy matches? They're not even close. You blink, she's up $30,000. The other two contestants have like three bucks or negative in the red. Actually, so bad they can't even come back for Final Jeopardy. You've seen those contestants? They say, get the, get, get the fuck out. Go behind the curtain. You can't play Final Jeopardy. We, we know you flew out here from Tallahassee, but you got to go behind the curtain. I love that when Final Jeopardy comes down to two contestants because one of them, the producers just, they don't want to see this person anymore brutal does that mean you owe jeopardy if you finish the game negative four hundred dollars do you write a check to jeopardy any who amy schneider build the statue game show royalty royalty and my wife and i watch jeopardy we're at that age okay we're at that age we have the conversation we used to be cool and we accept we're not and we watch it and we pause yep yep we actually pause each clue and we look at each other and go do you know that one hmm what is uranium? No, no, no. It can't be uranium. So it takes us about an hour to watch Jeopardy because we both like to really ponder each clue. How boring are we? Holy shit. I just realized we need a night out. We need a babysitter. Okay. 
We need a night at Marin Joe's where I put on a collared shirt and I comb my chest hair three buttons down. Okay. I'll put on four squirts of Fahrenheit cologne. My wife will find a tasteful jumpsuit or a pantsuit in the closet and we're heading to Marin Joe's. Sitting at the bar, couple of martinis, Al. Yes, exactly, dirty. Dirty gray goose with a couple of olives. Throw some onions in there as well. Who's that? Oh, James is on the keys tonight. Hey, James. I want to be a regular so bad at Marin Joe's. Where I come in, the bartender immediately starts shaking me up my drink. The piano man gives me a wink as he's playing. My stool is ready. My stool isn't always ready. But I want to be such a regular that whoever's on my stool, they kind of just salute me. And they know, okay, okay, here he comes. Here's Josh. And they get off my stool. Then I grab the martini and the cheese crackers. And I sit with James at the piano. And we just start belting. Ain't no sunshine when she's gone. Nah, it's a little too slow. That's a little too sad. And I wink at James and he winks at me. And people go, what's up with all the winking? I go, shh, I'm a regular. This is my stool. They go, what about your wife? Aren't you on this fantasy date or is this all about you now? And I go, shh, me and James are going to be doing a duet all night long, all night. Yeah, we're doing some Lionel Richie all night long. Oh, I can't even get that note. Damn it. Where's my tea? Where's my tea? Dexter, let's take a Darjeeling five. Uh Great. What was I talking about? Genuinely don't know. This is a weird one. Like I said, I'm in my bed. I know for a fact I was talking about Muggsy and then Marin Joe's and then how boring we are because we watch Jeopardy. There it is. I found myself. I got back to the original point, but now I'm realizing I didn't have a point at all. I'm just saying Amy Schneider's amazing. It's just one of the most brilliant game show contestants. Oops, quiz show, because there is a difference. Quiz show contestants of all time. And here I am trying to promote her trying to give her a plug, but she got bounced tonight. So next topic, next topic. What are you scared of? What's your fear? What are you scared of? Death? Most people are scared of death, right? Most of us have a terrible concept of what death is. Something that happens to all of us. Something that unifies the human race. We have allowed to terrify us. We're all scared of it. You see your parents age. It makes you sad. You have morbid thoughts of what could happen to us. You see people with disease. You go, oh no, we're all susceptible. You want to live a long, healthy life. We all do, right? Or I assume most people do. So with death being such a big fear and just something that consumes a lot of us, there's not a lot of things that could ease that fear. Except I did read something. Something that probably changed my mindset. And I'm going to share it. And it's from Thich Nhat Hanh. Who? Thich Nhat Hanh. Before you Google Thich Nhat Hanh, I got to prep you a little bit. He passed away last week at age 95. This is a Vietnamese Buddhist monk, a very famous Vietnamese Buddhist monk who wrote many books, had many theories that connect with us Westerners. And I love Thick. And now I have to read all of his books. I like giving myself pleasant homework. 
non-academic homework. I got to read his books. I should probably read a few of his books. I should read some of his books. I'm just going to juggle books for the rest of my life. But I've heard Ram Dass talk about this. I've heard Pete Holmes talk about this, that we need to rethink the concept. Death. It could be just fine. It could be just fine. Your soul could transfer to somewhere else in this beautiful, expansive, unknown, mysterious Darjeeling. Earl Grey, some tea. Why doesn't he just pause, get up and get some tea? Is he that lazy? Yeah, I'm that lazy. And I already said goodnight to my wife and my mother-in-law. And I don't, I don't want to do double goodnight. Double goodnight is awkward. Hey, um, goodnight again. I'm just getting some tea because I can't speak through the phlegm on my podcast. I'll get through it. Mm. But let me read this quote about death. Okay, and not in a morbid way. Not in a, oh, this is going to get me down kind of way. If you're listening right now, let's just dissect this for a moment from this brilliant man, Thich Nhat Hanh, the monk who passed away. All right, he said, This body is not me. I am not caught in this body. I am life without boundaries. I've never been born and I've never died. Over there, the wide ocean and the sky with many galaxies all manifests from the basis of consciousness. Since beginningless time, I have always been free. Birth and death are only a door through which we go in and out. Birth and death are only a game of hide and seek. So smile to me and take my hand and wave goodbye. Tomorrow we shall meet again or even before. We shall always be meeting again at the true source. Always meeting again on the myriad paths of life. This goes into something important. So what's your birthday? For me, September 15th, 1981. Prior to that, do I feel like I was dead? No. I just emerged when I emerged. I arrived when I arrived. A miracle indeed. Have that moment with yourself. Do I have a lisp? Have that moment with yourself. Look in the mirror and say, I'm superior, I'm spectacular, and I'm sensational. No, but have that moment where you look in the mirror and you go, I'm me, no one else. And then whenever you pass... Just as Thick Not Han says, it doesn't have to be viewed as goodbye to everybody. Probably goodbye in this current form, but paths should cross again. I've reached that point. I know atheists would say, shut the fuck up, but hold on, atheists. The concept that we just go into the ground, decompose, and nothing lives on is as crazy as we take on a new form, a new experience. It's too wonderful, it's too beautiful, it's too much of a blip to just think this is it. So when I read that quote from Thick, I think it's beautiful. I think there's something about it that resonates. Because if you could just remove that fear from your life, then you enjoy your life more. Death is such a major fear for so many people, but what if you could just remove that fear? Then you live harder. Live harder. Guarantee there's an action movie from the 80s called Live Harder. This summer, Jean-Claude Van Damme is ready to kick you right in your dick. Live harder. With Kelly McGillis and a young J.K. Simmons. Live harder. J.K. Simmons. Isn't that J.K. Simmons in every movie? I'm J.K. Simmons. I'm Juno's dad. I'm J.K. Simmons. I look like Jiminy Cricket. 
I'm bald and I'm in a lot of movies. I'm J.K. Simmons. Not a great impression. Let me work on that. Uh, I'm J.K. Simmons. I'm the angry teacher in Whiplash. I'm J.K. Simmons. Ooh, I think that impression is getting worse. Maybe just abort the J.K. I'm J.K. Nope. Nah, come on. Let's battle back. J. Better. K. Uh-huh. Simmons. Oh, that was good. He's in the I Love Lucy movie or the Lucy Ricardo's movie or don't watch it. It's boring. We get it. We get it. Sorkin writes rapid dialogue. Lucy, no, Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz. Anybody see it? My wife and I turned it off. We had Jeopardy episodes to get into. Come on. All right, let's all calm down for a moment. Put on KDFC 90.3 in the morning. You want to calm down in the morning? Put on KDFC 90.3, where the DJs say so many words I don't exactly know. When they're tagging songs or introducing songs. I know it's English. I know they're speaking English in their calm voices. Such a mellow tone. It's so nice to listen to. It's as nice as the classical music, as the symphony, as the orchestra is taking me on a peaceful, harmonious commute into work. You put on 90.3. I almost can't wait for the song to end so I could hear them describe it. And I go, what does that mean? That was Philharmonic Concerto Number 2 in C major. This weekend, make sure you come on down to Canon and Ceruse as we're going to be putting on a clarinet quintet workshop. Did I say quintet? I probably should have said quintet. Il Barberi di Siblia Philharmonic with the Arpeggio Fantaste Pacabel Canon in D minor. You go, what the fuck? Ah, that was symphony number 40 through 45 that you just sat through in G minor and G major. Santa Lucia Ascota Ensemble from Modesto, California. Ah, spread out the dynamic as Coraciante de Capo Parente, an overture sonata by Antony Peruccide. KDFC funding is brought to you by the Geraldine Ferrara Foundation. A two-day serite, rhythm and bass. want to remind you, Nocturneto, number two in C minor, is right around the corner. All four of the seasons being brought to you concerto style in the ensemble Philharmonic Strings and Things, the mandolin in major, be prelude to Cimpento Siente, Sonata, Sonata, Sonata Vivaldi for cello, cello number three, C in D major, Concerto, Sonata, Ensemble, and the Philharmonic is coming into our town this weekend, so make sure you buckle up for the Symphony of Peace. That was Beethoven's Balzac, slapping directly onto the piano concerto. <laughs> what the fuck? Oh, we need to stop the podcast. We need to stop the podcast, especially because I found out I have a ghost in my house. Yeah, I didn't want to go there, but I must reveal. <laughs> there, There's some paranormal activity up in this bitch. Yeah. Oh, you want me to explain? I think some people have ghost stories, and the way I found out we have a ghost is somewhat embarrassing. 
but I just feel the need to be honest. I'm always honest. I got to be honest with you. When I worked in sports radio, I feel like every host would say that. You know something? I'll, I'll be honest with you. What a meaningless jumble of words to waste time. I got to be honest with you. If that Niners D continues to play at that level, there's no one in this league that can beat them. I, I do have to be honest. Well, thanks for being honest. Now, I'll be honest with you, though. We do have a ghost. And I know this for a fact because my wife has accused me of being a snorer. A snorer? And the first time a snorer is accused of snoring, well, they deny it. They live in denial for a while. And it's not something to make you smile. How do I like my donut holes in a pile? One of my least favorite male names? Probably Kyle. Anyways, so a snorer will often live in denial until there's proof. So my wife found an app, and the app records you all night. All night. So she slept on the couch for a while because I just had that room bass. I just had that nose bass. I just had that throat bass. And snoring, come on, you don't want to be a snorer. It's embarrassing. I know a lot of people snore, but you don't want to be a snorer. You want to be a quiet spouse who allows your spouse to just have nice dreams, have nice REM. So she puts the snore app right next to my head, right next to my pillow. And I don't really know how the app works. So the next morning I brought the phone out. I said, okay, what do we do now? And she's able to see the highlights She's able to see the upticks. She's able to see the amplification. She's able to see the compressor mode. And she understands things like this. And she said, okay, it appears that after a seven and a half hour sleep, you snored for about 18 minutes. I said, really? And she pressed play on one of the snore sessions. And instead of steady snores, there were steady, steady, 12-second loud farts. So there'd be some snoring. I was like, what was, what was that? Ain't nobody playing the trumpet. That was a ghost. Was that you? I look at my wife. Was that you? And now we're both on the kitchen floor crying with laughter. Probably the most humiliated moment of my marriage. And she said, well, let's check another file. She brings up this file, starts with a... And then immediately into a... Oh, no. Okay, let's turn this off. We got a ghost in the house. Okay, the app started picking up things I don't need it to pick up. So now we have a new issue. And I'm not happy about that. I'm not happy about that. We have to make some changes. I think there's things at CVS I need. All sorts of things at CVS, Walgreens, Rite Aid. I just need to go up and down the aisles and stop doing these loud things in my sleep, if I ever want her to come back to the bedroom, folks, I want her to come back to the bedroom. That's it. That's it. My neck hurts. I need a heat pad. 
Okay? It's time. It's time to say goodbye. Time to... Will he continue? Say there's a lisp, it's back. Say goodbye. Salutations. Leave a review or a rating on iTunes or Spotify. And keep listening to this nonsense. Because now we're practically related. We're a family. And you know I appreciate you. You know I love you. You do. And that's 171 episodes now in the books, in the past, in the rear view as we march forward. Right here on the Here We Go podcast. Am I looking for a perfect tagline? And that's 171 episodes in the books. Good folks, I'll talk to you soon.